What's going on, familia? This is Not Corandeo Podcast. This is another round on the round table of Zoom meetings <laughs> in the intersection. Is that how I say it for your podcast, Louis and Jeff? At the intersection. At the That's intersection. all right. There's Grace. You got it. <laughs> People can read the title. Yeah. Yes, please do. At the intersection with um, Louis Munoz and Jeff. I'm gonna say your name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to say your last name, Jeff. May Lord, may the Lord give me grace and mercy. Schneider. That's a very good American pronunciation of my <laughs> Germanic last name. That's the same way I say it, dude. Thank you. And tonight or today, you guys are not in time. You guys probably listening to this in the morning or night. Um, I am your host, Danny or Daniel or Daniel Ramos. And in our last episodes, we've been talking and going through a series um, of episodes on the last six, uh, six commandments of the Ten Commandments, which are focusing in loving your neighbor or loving our neighbor. Um, and today we are tackling that last commandment, which is commandment number 10. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, uh, reads as follows, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. So covetousness is our main topic today. Um, I'm going to throw it out there to my boys, Jeff and Louis. <laughs> What do you guys, what do you guys, uh, what comes up to your mind when, when this commandment is uh, in our front, in, our, in front of us? Yeah, I think um, what, what strikes me first, Daniel, about what you read is in every one of those things listed um, that we shouldn't covet, it's associated with the word neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. So if we ever doubted uh, that these commandments were focused on neighbor love, this makes it explicit. Like it, it's not just saying you shouldn't have desire um, for things, right? As if desire itself were bad or as if things were bad, but it's like you shouldn't desire to have things that aren't yours, that are your neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that that's one of the things that I think this commandment is getting at, you know, it's, we relate to our neighbors by how we relate to our neighbor's stuff. That's good. Yeah. I like that. And that relationship. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's even like in our hearts, how we in our hearts relate to it. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think it's also, um, as I look as, as I look at the 10th commandment, um, the 10th commandment and the first commandment, um, uh, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, they relate to one another so well. They're, they like bookend the eight commandments in between. Um, and it reminds me of one of my favorite books, uh, Counterfeit Gods by Timothy Keller, uh, in which he in, in it, he he mentions uh, something about what if, if you're not sure what your counterfeit God is, just think of what you just think about what you daydream about when you're sitting at the bus stop or when you're um, sitting on your couch. What are you daydreaming about? That's your counterfeit God. And the reason why I say that is most often than not, we're always dreaming up better things. Right. Or we're saying 
man, if I just had if I just had the better job or if I just had the better car or if I just uh, if I just did this, um, uh, he, he used the example of if I just if I just spent more time doing this, this, this and this, we would be able to build an extension on the church and be more like this church. And it comes from this coveting heart, right? Of like, if I could just do this, 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 and this, or be in the place where, where, where Danny is at, right? If, if me, Louis can be in the place where Danny is at, then I can just put this all, like I can have my life more aligned in a better place. Um, and it comes from a place of actually, instead of thinking, no, I'm appreciating where Danny, Danny is. There's this sense of, of sinfulness in that to say, no, I want that because then everything that Danny gets thereafter um, is not going to be a sense of joy from me in my heart, but it's going to be more of bitterness and anger saying, why am I not in those places? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a dangerous place. Um, that's not how it always is. Uh, but perhaps at the end, we can talk about how we can redeem our viewpoints of brother uh, and being more positive as opposed to negative. Yeah, that's good. I like, I like, you know, actually, um, question 148 of the Westminster Larger Catechism summarized perfectly what you, both of you just said. Um, the question is, um, what are, what are the sins forbidden in the 10th commandment? And the answer is the sins, the sins forbidden in the 10th, in the 10th commandment are discontentment with our own estate, envying and, and grieving at the good of our neighbor together with all inordinate motions and affections to anything that is his. And I like that because uh, um, we can be quick to, to if we, we want to uh, um, find a loophole as, as we're good at doing as, uh, as, as human beings uh, to make, make ourselves feel a little bit more righteous is that we can say, well, um, I'm not necessarily uh, acting upon uh, this desire, right? Uh, but in, God, in God's sight, we see that he, he cares about what we feel in our hearts uh, towards, not only towards him, but also towards our neighbors, um, even if we don't act upon those desires. Um, and, and I think you, both of you have preached um, through this series, and one of the things that you guys both have done um, me listening uh, when my daughter allows me to listen is that which is she does pretty good I'm <laughs> sorry is that you both of you point to the Sermon on the Mount right and how Jesus points back in his lesson in the Sermon on the Mount and says I um, you have heard right and his and, and his you have heard is not hey I'm changing this you have heard this and, and I'm changing this to this now he's not doing that he's actually saying you have heard this, right? But let me show, let me, let me teach you and show you the, 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 the real application of the commandments, right? Um, and, and it's always about the heart, you know, because he goes and says, if you see someone and you, if you, if you see, if you see a, a woman going down the street and you desire her in your heart, it's equivalent to what? You're already, you're already slept with her, right? Um, so, it doesn't necessarily be you need to act that out to 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 see the reality that uh, it's wrong in your heart already. So yeah, 
One of the things I, I wonder about in this command is the difference between coveting and being tempted to do something. Um, you know, and there's like Jesus, for example, we're told was perfect, right? He didn't sin. And yet we're told he also was tempted in every way. And, you know, so I, I, it makes me wonder though, if, you know, they, like it's very natural um, part of life in this world that we will constantly be bombarded with offers. Um, and some of which will, we could say are temptations, right? Um, towards false things. But there, there is something about the word coveting, which I think the Hebrew word could also be translated lusting, where it's, it's not just being like, oh, nice car, um, or like, oh, beautiful person, or something like that. But it's like, it's like giving our heart, our attention, our affection. Like there's, I don't know, there's a, a little more pouring of the self in pursuit of it, you know, even if it's done in total secrecy and in, of our interior lives. Um, you know, I, I don't know, like burning comes to mind, like that we, we start not just noticing what our neighbor has, but actually kind of burning for it and imagining you know, it's like, I think it's kind of what uh, advertising tries to get us to do, right? It's advertising um, so often doesn't just give us information about a product to let us know it's available so that we can assess for ourselves whether or not it would be useful. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it tries to present to us this like, this compelling, beautiful life. You know, it's like the Marlboro Man, right? Smoking a cigarette. It's not about like the quality of the tobacco. It's like, be this person or whatever products being being sold it, it tries to activate um in us that burning and get us to to go deeper and deeper in in not just noticing and appreciating the lifestyle but you know or even maybe in some sense yeah i mean being tempted to it but actually coveting you know actually lusting for it yeah Does, i don't know i wonder you know how I think, I think it can be helpful to sometimes think about the difference between um, temptations and, and actual like coveting and lusting. You're on mute, Danny. Oh no, I lost my tenor thought now. I guess Louis, you have to go now, man, until I recuperate. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, it's, yeah, at the root of it is it's, um, this desire to see like, uh, especially thinking of the words of Paul in Philippians, right. Uh, with being content with all that you have, um, I think that's why something like coveting is is so hard. Um, um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to look at all of or think through all of especially the six commandments that we have been dealing with, like honoring your father and mother. Um, you can do that internally, but um, you can see when you do that internally or externally, yeah. right? When you dishonor your mm -hmm. your parents. You can murder internally by hatred, but you can see when you do that by actually murdering somebody. Uh, you can see you can um, uh, things like theft or bearing false witness uh, or committing adultery. Um, 
you can do that all externally, but coveting is something that is internal. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the thing that is tough is like, because it's even in temptation that temptation begins first with an internal thought. Um, so it's not always the black and white lines, right? It's with, with coveting. Uh, yeah. And I think it, it, mm -hmm. it comes with um, brothers, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like when, with, with all those other sins, um, um, you can kind of see them right away in your, in your, um, in your conversion, right? When you're trying to live an obedient life to, uh, to the commandments, but coveting it, it kind of like creeps up on you while you're like growing in maturity and you're like, Whoa, I haven't noticed that I've been doing this in my heart. Um, I equate it all the time to like when like growing in Christ, um, doesn't necessarily mean that the more that I grow in Christ, the, the better I see myself, but it's like digging a hole that the deeper you go down, the, the more dirtier you become because you start realizing the other places in your life where you're like, wow, I actually had sin in this area and that area and coveting was one of those things. And as a matter of fact, um, I said, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but actually Paul and the word of God says that I'm, I was actually right in that. Right. Because what is, what does Paul say? Uh, he says that if I did not know, um, what it, what it meant to covet, uh, if I did not read the law, then I would have not known that I was an offender of that law. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think there's a specific reason why he uses that. That's that sin because it is something that um, is not always explicit, uh, at least in the outward action of it. It's something that is happening internally. So we could live all our lives and not say a single word about our desires, but we can live our lives as the biggest coveters and the outside world would, ne world would never even know it. Yeah, that's good. No, and to add a little bit to that, I think that um, one of the danger, the, the most dangerous things about the sin is that, as you say, right, like, uh, because it's something that uh, deals, deals with the heart. Um, it's easy to put a front or a mask and, and fool people. Mm -hmm. But um, I, 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 I want to go even probably a little bit deeper than that. I want to say like uh, most of these expressions of the sins that we um, express uh, with motions in the flesh um, start with the root of covetousness. Um, uh, I want to say even that these are, these are the expressions of already of a, of a, of a covetous heart, right? Um, we don't have, so we want to take, uh, what it doesn't belong to us, we don't have, so we want to. Uh, uh, so um, sometimes this desire of not, of, of not only wanting also takes us to acting upon those things that we don't that we don't have and 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 taking them for ourselves. Um, I think it was in the last the last podcast that I said said this, but I think you know I want to say it again. Like um, it is often said that if you um, broke any of the nines, you have already broken the 10. Um, and I like the position of the 10, right? Right there in, mm -hmm. at the end, uh, kind of like, you know, all these commandments and then at the end, and just in case you're missing the whole point, like be watchful of your heart because <laughs> 
<laughs> all these things spring forth from your heart, right? So, yeah. Right. Well, what wasn't even the sin of the rich young ruler, right? Where he's where Jesus tells him, um, he says, "How how do I receive eternal life?" And he says, "Have you followed all the the commandments?" And he says, "I've kept the the commandments since my youth." And then he tells him, "Well, then take all that you have and sell it." And he, in his own, says he he covets his own lifestyle, right? He says, "I can't do that." Like, and even in that, that is showing like the the desire of even saying, "I can't give, I can't, I can't give it all away." Um, and it shows um, in in counterfeit gods. Timothy Keller says that that's the thing that is. That's what it means to be circumcised of heart, right? Is to see when what we ought what we ought to do and what we deep what we deeply desire comes together, and that's when we see that our heart is truly a heart that is circumcised. Um, but that's a podcast, probably in and of itself. So, mm-hmm. well, that. I know we don't have a lot of time, um, so I'm gonna shift the conversation to something also more. I think practical, pastoral, practical, and within the conversation, and um, how will you brothers encourage um, our 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 church and whoever's listening to the podcast uh, when dealing with uh, the sin of covetousness? How will you guys encourage them to you know? to to kill it and to how to deal with it right to to better love our neighbors yeah i might i might first talk about a couple ways that i've tried to defeat covetousness in myself that have failed Mm. so one is um getting it out of my system um (laughs) like i don't know if you guys ever experienced but i literally think all i all i need is that one more thing and then i'll be good I'll have no more coveting because I'll be satisfied. Well, that it never works out that way, right? It's the desire is is boundless, um, you know, and and probably uh, that's a sign that God has created us ultimately to desire Him. Like that boundless desire can be satisfied, but only in God. You know, as Augustine has that great line in Confessions. Um, so yeah, so the getting it out of your system thing, I don't think works. Um, and then the other is just to try to defeat the desire to stop desiring. And the problem with, which is, I don't know, I, I can keep it up for a little bit, but it, it feels like a losing battle because I desire, like I, I just desire like it, you know, and I, I think it's part of how God has made us. He's made us to desire things, you know, we, and as, as one, um, that's another thing that Augustine talks about. Um, yeah, I was reading this book uh, with the theology reading group, Delighting in the Trinity. And one of the lines that struck me from that book is that God made us to follow our hearts. Like he's made us to desire things and to act in accordance with what we desire. Um, so kill, just killing the desire is like to try not to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that... I, I mean, and I, I think, so I think those things don't work with what, what actually is effective is like, is God reordering our desires, you know? And when, when there's, when it's more about like finding richness in him, um, 
you know, treasure in heaven, when there's, when there's an, a sort of like grounding delight in him um, who is boundless, then all those other desires, I think, naturally kind of fall into place. Um, I don't know. Does, what do you, what do you guys think? Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking of this, uh, a lot this past week, uh, as I knew that I was going to be on this episode of the podcast and, um, three things kept coming into my mind, uh, with these things. Um, and two of them are pretty like Sunday school answers. Uh, but I think just because they're Sunday school answers doesn't mean that they're necessarily not good for us. Right. I think they're good for us. I think sometimes we overlook them, but I think, um, Psalm 119 11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I think the first thing that we have to do is um, when we have these covetous desires is be super satisfied or supremely satisfied in the word, um, mm -hmm. because it this is the source that is going to show us what we are doing that is sinful right or where those desires lay that are sinful um but then i also think of the words in philippians by paul um and i think the second thing is what we see in in philippians 6 uh or philippians 3 verse 7 it says but whatever gain i had i counted as loss for the sake of christ uh mm -hmm. so being supremely satisfied in the word and being supremely satisfied in christ uh, I think those two things are of utmost importance. Um, but as we look at that, um, I think the people, this probably applies to those that are maybe, um, I think, I think of the, the, the people I grew up with, right. The beaten, the beaten down Christians that were like, I've heard this question multiple times. I've heard this answer multiple times. I, I don't, um, it's not as easy, Louis. You can't just say it like that. Um, and I think what Paul does is in Philippians 3.17 is he gives us the more practical thing in which we can do is he says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have. And how do we defeat covetousness? I think by looking at the people, um, not only the the dead ancient Christians that we have in scripture or that we can read in biographies. Um, but looking at the Christians that we worship alongside that we see in them and we say, man, when I, when I speak to them, they have this supreme satisfaction in the word. They have this supreme satisfaction in Christ. I want to imitate them. I want to bear my struggles with them because in bearing your struggles with them, what's going to happen is you're going to find out real quick that when you tell them, man, Jeff, I just want to bear all my struggles with you because it looks like you got it going and you know what you're doing and you're living this perfect Christian life. Um, you don't have to tell Jeff this for me to tell. I'll tell you right now what Jeff will say is he'll look at you and say, brother, you couldn't be further from the truth. Like I'm struggling <laughs> too, but we can, we can struggle together. And right. I, think, I think being able to struggle in community is a way to defeat sin. Um, as we see that um, it's, it's tough to mm -hmm. kill sin, right? It's tough to kill sin. It's a battle. Um, but I know what makes it a little bit easier is when you do it in the communion of saints. Yeah, that's great. Right. And that's what's in, important. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Every, I, everything you just said, Louis, I, I think about how all that stuff is located in worship, 
like in in the like when we we worship all the time but when the church like gathers physically to worship on Sundays there's word there's there's sacrament which shows us in visible signs the beauty and the gift of Christ we're singing these truths about his beauty we're praising him for who he is like it yeah it's an act of us reminding one another right um mm -hmm. about the the most supremely satisfying um object of our desires yeah god himself that's good well these are my final thoughts um and they're found in matthew matthew 7 uh, verse 7 to 11 and jesus says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for anyone who asks receives and the, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his sons ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And I think this is a promise, right, that, that I need to remind myself. And, and I think it's helpful for all of us to remind ourselves in the moments where we are, uh, are noticing uh, that the sin of covetousness is lurking in our hearts, um, that we can trust and ask um, our Father um, to remove these desires uh, and give us um, holy desires for him and for our neighbors. Um, and I think that's a promise that we should remind ourselves often, mm -hmm. <laughs> if not daily. Um, that's so, good. Yeah. yeah I, that, that's a, yeah, just that, that place of desperation, right? Where it's like, I mean, that ultimately, like it, it will be a struggle for all of us. Um, we can, <laughs> we can try, we can be at worship every Sunday, right? We can, yeah. We can do as much as we possibly can in terms of availing the means of grace, but there, like, honestly, it'll come to that point of desperation. Like God, you, you change my heart. Like, yeah. you know, you, you show me who you are. You work in me, your Holy spirit, make me more like Jesus and my love. Amen. Yeah. All right, guys, that was for the last episode on the 10 commandments closing the series on loving our neighbor. Uh, it was a pleasure hosting this uh, podcast. It feels weird because it's not Corandeo, but I'm looking forward to the interview so I can have the job too. So <laughs> God bless family.